Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Can I share a couple of testimonies and then we'll get in the word? I want to share one that I heard um, through a guy, you guys may have heard him, he's sort of a small time pastor called Bill Johnson. Um, I think you guys have heard of him, yep. And he shared a story about a guy in... Um, and it sort of has a relate to what I want to talk about tonight a little bit, but he shared a story about a guy in uh, first year of their school of ministry uh, who was walking into a Walmart at 11 o'clock at night and he had um, like three or four nu- or five, six, whatever numbers run through his head and he walks past this, this transvestite and he's, he hears the word 12 years old, father. So he turns to this guy and he says, um, what happened when you were 12 with your father? And this guy, makeup on and done up, starts basically bawling his eyes out and just weeping uncontrollably and tells him a little bit of a story. And then uh, the guy, he goes, I'm not in contact with my father anymore. We've lost contact. He's abandoned me and a whole bunch of stuff. And the guy says, I don't have his number. So the guy begins to grab grab his phone, dials the numbers that he got running through his head, rings, and it rings his dad's phone. And he he doesn't answer, but he leaves a a voice, hands it to him and leaves a voice message on his uh, answering machine and, like, throws the phone back at him and runs out. And the guy's like, oh, that's a bit weird. So he, he, two months later, he's walking in Walmart again, doing some shopping, and he's in line, and there's this guy, older guy, like 60-plus-year-old guy in front of him, looking a bit distressed, looking a bit concerned. And he says, hey, man, what's, what's going on with you? And he says, oh, I'm just, you know, just really worried about my son and all this kind of stuff. And he tells him a little bit about what's going on. And he's like, he goes, oh, I had a phone call from my son about two months ago, and he left a, a voicemail on my answering machine, but I've tried the number, and it's not his number. And so the guy says, well, do you still have the number? And he pulls out his phone and says, yeah, this is the number and shows the guy his number, right? And so he says, um, well, do you believe in God and prophetic ministry? And the guy says, yeah, actually, I just got a word yesterday that um, God's restoring the hearts of kids to their fathers and mothers and fathers to their children. And he says, well, give me your phone. And he has a bunch of numbers run through his head again and he dials his son's phone number, hands the phone to him and the, the dad gets the son's answering machine and they, he leaves a message on him and they obviously connect and he walks out and that's the, that's the end of the story. It's pretty cool, isn't it? That's crazy. It's cool because how many of us, I reckon, would get words um, but we never, we never put them into practice because of fear of what people might actually say? And uh, I'm talking about honour tonight and, and I, uh, one of the points I want to hit is that we honour God above anything else. That we honour God's word above everything. And that we, would, that we would make sure that when he speaks, we obey. Because delayed, like not obeying, delayed acting is disobedience. And so when he speaks, we just make sure that we're, we're obedient to that. And a lot of people are like, well, 
you know, I got to feel God or I got to sense God or I got to make sure that I, you know, get the clear word of the Lord like that guy. I mean, that's a unique situation, getting numbers. I'd love to get someone's phone number. I'm still growing in that area. But, you know, like actually to read someone's mail is, is pretty, pretty cool. But for most of us and for the majority of us, we're often the times are just saying, I want to feel God. I want to sense God before I actually respond. Well, I reckon Peter would have had a really hard time walking on water if that was the case. Yeah. It was actually acting in faith before the miracle was provided. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so this whole idea of I want to feel God and I want to sense God is not really in the Bible. I mean, I've felt God and I'm sure a lot of us have, you know, felt God and sensed God. But the reality is when you're walking down the street, like I don't, I don't like this is God. Hello. You know, like, and he doesn't talk like that anyway, but um, his first language is not English. <laughs> but he, but it's not, that's not the case. Because if we do that, what we'll end up doing is we'll end up saying, well, I've got to feel him to, to, to move and to honor his voice. And it's not that way. He's written it in his word. Heal the sick. All of this stuff. So if you're asking yourself, well, I want to pray for the sick. And you're like, I've just, I've just got to sense the Spirit of God before I do it. Or I've got to get that word of the Lord to heal the sick. It's in the word. It's written in paid for in blood. You don't need a feeling. You don't need a sense. It's written. Right? So it's like that's honoring God just as much as when that, that, that you know, the, the tangible thing happens as well. Does that make sense? I've had those moments where I was in a coffee shop with Chris Farachi, who used to go here, awesome man of God not long ago and uh, I, heard the, I heard the Lord say and not audibly but I had a thought in my mind this waitress had a three-year-old daughter and um, so I just turned to her and, and now I didn't just go straight out and be like hey you've got a three-year-old daughter how about it you know like that's sort of weird but um, I just said hey by any chance um, you are, it was actually on Mother's Day this is really, it was like two days before Mother's Day it would have been two years ago I think and, um, and I said do you have a by any chance, do you happen to have, are you a mum? And she said, yeah. And I said, um, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. And I believe you've got a three-year-old daughter. And she was like, what? Who are you? What's your phone number? Do you ever work with children's car? Like, you know what I mean? And, um, but, but she said, yeah, I do. And anyway, I just got to bless her and encourage her. And it was really cool. That, that doesn't happen for me too often. When it does, it's awesome. You know? And so, I mean, just last week I was uh, walking into... I was telling a few guys this story and shared it at church this morning, actually. Uh, I was walking into work and there's this guy standing there pretty, looking pretty, uh, like he's from Lilydale, yeah? Like, <laughs> what are you all laughing at? Some of you live there. Um, so, so I love Lilydale. That's God's, Mount Evelyn, Lilydale, Montrose, it's God's country, you know. And, um, and so I said, hey, bro. Jesus loves you, man. He's no effing way, no effing see, effing this, ever, just fully going off at me. And I said, wow, you're really hurting. And, uh, and he said, um, he goes, yeah, I went through a really rough time and, and God just, you know, he's not real, you know. And so I just said, well, let me tell you my story. So I told him a little bit of my testimony and, um, and, and just shared with him. And I said, hey, listen, um, I said, my daughter, when she was born, God, showed me that when she was in the womb that I loved her 100% and she didn't know me and God loves you 100% even though you don't know him yet and he's just waiting for you to be 
I didn't say born again, but waiting for you to come to, to, to that realisation. And he was like, wow, I've got a 14-year-old daughter. And he began to, to ask me, he said, are you, are you at peace? I said, yep, every day. He said, are you happy? I said, yep, every day. And he said, I hate life. I hate my job. I hate me. I hate people. I hate cops. I hate God. I hate religion. I said, I do too. But he said, I said to him, hey, listen, let, let's chat. And so we did. We chatted for a bit more. And he said, why don't you come, come for a walk with me? And we start to walk across the Liddell traffic lights there and across into the train station. He says, oh, I want you to meet this friend of mine. So this other guy comes up and I introduce myself. And then they proceed to go into a drug deal. <laughs> Legit. This was like last Wednesday or something. And so this drug deal goes down. I'm standing right in the middle of it, just praying that cops don't come along and arrest me as well. And, um, and so they exchange money and he, the, one of the guys goes off and, and uh, gets whatever, you know. And the guy basically uh, said to me, he said, listen, I've got to go and make sure that this thing goes down. You know how it is. And I'm like, yeah, totally, man. <laughs> totally know how this is. And um, anyway, he, he, he just said, I said, listen, can I pray for you 30 seconds, just real quick? He goes, yeah, sure. So I just grabbed his hand and I just said, Father, reveal yourself to him. Manifest yourself in a way that he would know without a shadow of a doubt that you're real. And he started welling up. He started almost tearing. And this guy, rough as all, all get up, just gets totally undone. Just gives me this massive cuddle. And he says, is that your office over there? Because our offices are right there. And I said, yeah, man. And he said, yeah, can I knock on your door? I said, anytime you can knock on my door. And anyway, that was the end of the story. But the point is, a simple thing of Jesus loves you. I didn't get a word. There was no angel standing in front of me. There was no Holy Spirit breeze that came past and I felt the wind of the whisper. None of that rubbish. I just was walking to work and this guy's there. I just said, hey man, Jesus loves you. It started this half an hour, 20 minute conversation. He gets rocked by the presence of God and gets hopefully changed and hopefully we get to catch up. But the point is you honour God's word and you honour him first and foremost above anything else. Right? First point, honouring God. Man, I'm really thirsty. The second thing I want to talk about, and probably the next two points really um, hit home, is I think we kind of get the honouring God thing down fairly well, and we probably have a decent understanding of, of that. But the, the next two, um, if we can get, it'll change how we relate to people. And the first one is this, is, is that it comes from the love your Lord your God and love your neighbour as you love yourself. And we, we loving people and honouring people in such a way will never do right unless we know how to honour ourselves. But I'm going to leave that one till last and I'm just going to hit this one first and then I'll hit that one last. Is that all right? Yeah. Cool. So, so loving, loving people, we have a phrase in our culture in our church and I use it with my youth leaders and and just people that we're uh, leading and discipling and it's it's accountability now accountability and I didn't grow up in the church but I've been in church now for 15 years and so um, in church I know you're like what aren't you like 17 no um <laughs> I'm 19 no no I'm not really um Accountability, predominantly when I, grew, when I was growing up in the church, in, when I came into the church and started going to church, was this. You come to me 
to the pastor or the leader, let's have coffee, tell me everything you're doing wrong and we'll pray at the end. Now you're all you're chuckling because you know that's real, right? But that's not what accountability is. Accountability is exactly that. It's an account of your ability. It's exactly what the word means. And so honoring people, the best example we have is in, in, uh, that, I, that I know and that I've been using for a few years and that just really hits home is Gideon. And God displays it so well because accountability is, is drawing the gold out of people and drawing them into who they really and truly are without stumbling over something that's wrong in their life. Does that make sense? So Gideon, you know, probably know the story. If you don't, the story is that Gideon basically steals his own wheat from his own field, which the enemies own, and he's in a wine vat and he's hiding and he's threshing out the wheat in the wine vat when really you thresh it out on the side of a mountain. That's what you normally do so that the breeze can come and catch the, the wheat. So here Gideon is, it's in Judges 6, I think, um, and Gideon's in a wine vat scared for his life because he's stolen wheat and he's threshing it out in a wine vat because he's absolutely petrified for his life. And here God comes in and says, hey, you, mighty man of valor. It's like, what? Man, I'm, I'm crapping my dax here in a wine vat. I'm like hiding, petrified for my life. And you're calling me a mighty man of valor. And that's what, that's what loving people and honoring people really looks like is drawing the gold out of them so that they become the best them they can be. And they get to walk in the fullest potential that they can walk in. And you're the one that gets... We, we're, as Christians, we're actually gold diggers. A friend of mine... Um, no, we're not Kanye West gold diggers. We're like Christian gold diggers, right? And so a friend of mine lives in... Um, or one of our youth kids lives in Mombolk. And he's got this 10-acre property. And he's got all these... Um, mine shaft still on this property it's really cool and you can actually go down them and you can he like gets a rope and you tie it right down and you go down and you can it's awesome it's creepy but it's awesome and so so he took showed me his property one day and and I'm like bro do you find gold still in here and he goes yeah absolutely we still find tiny tiny bits of gold and God showed me this really cool picture what are you and I created out of originally dust of the earth but inside, and don't think of dust and dirt as this negative, evil thing. But if we think of that, it's just the nature we're created out of, of the dust of the earth. Inside each and every one of us is gold. But our job is to draw that out of people in such a profound way that they actually get to walk in the fullness that they've got. Right? And so um, you know, we've seen this happen when Cam, uh, who's here tonight as well, um, we went to Mozambique two years ago and last year, but two years ago we were ministering in a church and there was this lady, this girl, and I was beginning to have a greater revelation of this in what this actually means about calling, like prophetically, honouring people. Like the Bible says um, to call things that are not as though they are. And that's what Gideon, it was like, I'm scared, but this is who you are. Like I'm, you know, I, I'm going through this. That's not how God sees you. He sees you like this. Does that make sense? And so, so I was understanding this and we were on this ministry trip and, um, and we were in, uh, just in Beira, which is a town in Mozambique, one of the main cities, and we were doing a three or four day conference. I can't remember what it was. It was all rolled into one. 
And this girl started fully manifesting a demon, like full on eyes rolled in the back of her head, started to sort of slither like a snake. And, and um, so she's standing there. And, you know, the typical thing is like just yell louder because God's deaf and the demons are deaf, you know, like that kind of thing. And like just, ah, you just got to yell louder, right? And um, anyway, I'm watching these pastors sort of for about 30 seconds. And I just said, look, let me have a try. And I just walked over to this girl and I actually just, now she really can't understand English, but it doesn't matter. The Spirit of God transcends that. And so I just whispered in her ear and I just said, you're chosen. You're a royal priesthood. You're amazing. God actually formed you in your mother's womb. He created you. You're not a mistake. You're an accident. He loves you. And I just started quoting all these identity scriptures. And I kid you not, within 30 seconds, Eyes rolled back, into the, back to normality. Her whole countenance changed. She came right back into her right mind. And then I had one of the girls um, that was with us. I just said, hey, why don't you come over here and just speak love over this girl and just love on her and, and just lead her into who she is in Christ. And she got delivered. That was it. Yeah. That's as simple as it is, right? And what it is, is it's drawing the gold that's already inside someone to the surface. And when light comes, darkness has to flee. Yeah. It has no... It can't stay. Like it literally can't stay. There's no darkness in this room right now because every light's on. Right? Yes? <laughs> so a great example would be practically honouring people even when you disagree with them. And Ben hasn't got me to preach this so you guys will honour him well. Ben... You know, you, you do that and you guys honor well already. But it's about honoring the person on your left and your right. The Bible says, honor a prophet in the name of a prophet and you receive a prophet's reward. I had this really cool picture. Work with me because it's a little, might be a little confusing for non-sports people in here. But uh, I'm a soccer player and there's a phrase that we used when I was growing up um, about honoring your opponent. And what that was, was you value the skill in that person so you show them a little bit of room so they can't just waltz past you and get past you, but you honor them in such a way that you basically just mirror what they're doing. Does that make sense? So you're defending and you're honoring their ability in in a way. When we honor people for who they are, we actually get to mirror and walk in what they're carrying as well. When you honor a prophet, you receive what they've got. Does that make sense? So I'll use Gabby as an example because I know her. But when we start to honor the gift and the callings that are on her life, and we start to say, hey, wow, like you've got a a worship gift or whatever it is, hospitality or just general awesome person. You know, it doesn't really matter what the gift is, right? But we start to honor people for who they are and what they carry. We start to actually mirror and it's this whole community family thing that takes place rather than my, my thing, your thing, and et cetera, et cetera. Does that make sense? And so we actually start to draw the gold out of people. And i tell you what, it is so hard to hate someone and be in disagreement with them when you've honored them and championed them and loved them and you see them succeed and you can't then cut them down and do this crappy tall poppy syndrome thing that we have in this country you start to honor people and value them without worrying about all the rubbish in their life can I say crap from this pulpit sorry if I can't um 
you know, and so it's like, but you start to honour who they are without worrying about all the stuff that you might disagree with. And then you just get to bring them up and they get to be the best them. They get to be the best person they are. And you just walk in who you are and that's it. Right. Does that make sense? And so, and, and listen, this is probably going on to the next point. It's not, a, it's not a case of, well, I scratch your back, you scratch my back. We have to get to a place where we honour people when we don't need anything in return. Like, it's not a, because it, this thing is rampant in the church. It's like, oh, do you love me? I love you too. Like, and we do it with God. Like, God, do you, you know, like, of course he loves you. He's God, right? And he actually likes you as well. Right, but it's 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 not this like I honor you and oh you didn't show me honor back. That's let your right hand don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing, right? It's like I honor you and I don't need anything in return. Does that make sense? Right. So this is my next next point. Is the loving ourselves. As a believer in Christ, you're now 100% in right standing with God. You are fully righteous. I want you to track with me for whatever, another hour. No, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But you are fully in right standing with God and you're fully righteous. Adam and Eve were saints who became sinners. We're sinners who become saints. And the Bible tells us, not Liam, the Bible, research it yourself, that Jesus Christ became sin, 2 Corinthians 5.21, so that we can become the righteousness in God. So think with me for a second. Sin, in its very first essence, is found in Genesis, what's found in Genesis at the fall but the very first mention of it is found where Cain, it's creeping at the door to get in, right? So it's on the outside trying to get in. So it's not an inside job anymore. It's an outside job. Yep. All right? I'll prove it to you. So now we're sinners as non-Christians. The moment we accept Christ into our life, we become born again. Born again. It's what we call ourselves. So we're born again. And Jesus Christ was born of a Virgin Mary. Yes? If you don't believe that, then you need to talk to someone. All right? Born of a Virgin Mary. And then he lived perfect life. And then he actually became sin. He didn't just take it upon him. He actually became it. And the Bible calls it a noun. Sin, that word sin, is a noun. It's a person. It's personified. Paul in Romans 4, 5, 6, 7 and 8, go home, study it for yourself. Don't have time today to unpack it. Go home and look it up. I think he mentions 48 out of 60 times as a noun. You're dead to sin and alive to God as a noun. You're dead to the person of sin. You're alive to the person of God. Noun. Paul even went as far as to say, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Right? You tracking? All right, so born of a Virgin Mary, then he died. He was perfect. He didn't, he, uh, he didn't 
gave in to temptation of sin or any of those things. He was absolutely perfect. But he died becoming sin for our sake. And then he rose again. And the Bible calls it the firstborn among many brethren. Yeah? So Jesus was born again. I didn't say he was a sinner. Don't throw stones. He became it. He died and God raised him. He didn't raise himself. God rose him because he was a man. If he was God, it's not a sacrifice. <laughs> so he was died, rose again. Why is this important? The Bible tells us in Romans 6.11, consider yourself in likeness of his death. One, uh, John 1, behold the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. But Liam, I sinned last week. Yes, but it's not your nature. It's not your desire or shouldn't be. What about Paul, Romans 7? Let's go there, Romans 7. Turn with me to Romans 7. Adam and Eve sinned. They were perfect. They didn't have a sin nature. They were created perfect. God doesn't make mistakes. What if sin's not an inside job? It's an outside thing trying to get back in. Paul said, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Do not let it reign in your mortal body. Romans 7, you there? Yeah. 25. Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Here we go. See, he's still serving the law of sin with his flesh. Well, let's look on. Romans 8. Therefore, now you've got to remember, there's no chapters in the original context of this. It's just one whole book, right? No chapters, no breaks. Just read it straight through, right? Some of the chapters are just horse bumps. They just shouldn't be there. So there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. Hang on a second. Didn't he just say, I'm still bound by the law of my flesh? And here, three verses later, he says, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Well, which is it? Is he still a slave to it or is he free from it? Turn with me to Galatians 5 and I'll just hit this home real quickly and then we'll... We'll just smash it and destroy this religious thing that's crept into the body and we'll just get away with it. Verse chapter 5, Galatians 5, 24. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Wow, it's crucified. Stop pulling it down from the tree. It's done. It's an outside thing trying to get back in. All right, Ruth, where are you? Ruth, Ruth Holly? Oh, there you are, right there. I'm using you as an example. Come up here. This is a friend of mine has... Why? What's this? You're like, Liam, what on earth has got this, this got to do with honour? Get your words right. Um, and I'm, I'm going to show you because if we, honestly, this is the reality and this is so true. I just got Ruth up to stand next to me. No. Um, if we don't have a revelation of who we are in Christ that, and we still think we're sinners, we will sin by faith and we will perpetuate people's sin. We will actually look at them still in that state rather than looking at them how God sees them. 
I guarantee you, this has flipped the way I look at people because we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, not counting their trespasses against them. That's the ministry we've been given, right? But if we don't know who we are and we don't know this relationship, God and us, we won't do this relationship well at all. Because what we'll do is we'll dirt dig, we won't gold dig. I absolutely guarantee you, we will be so sin conscious about people's life. And by the way, this is not permission to get away with sin and live like hell on earth. This is Christ has paid the price so you can live free. You can live it. You can live free. I'm telling you. But the body of Christ hasn't seen this modeled in a way. We're friends of ours and just disciples of ours. We're going on this journey and I'm seeing point person after person start to come into a revelation of this and they're living free they're waking up in the morning going i'm a son i'm a daughter i'm living free i'm not it's not based on what happens and what doesn't happens it's based on who i am in christ it's good all right so this is a friend of mine used this example and we've chatted through this a little bit and so i have permission to use it all right so picture this right as a bowl of dirt or just picture this this jar of Tupperware, um, just filled with dirt, right? Now, remember, you're, you're righteous before God. You're no longer a sinner. You're a saint. You're wholly sanctified. It's a done deal. If you try and do anything out of your own strength, that is called self-righteousness, all right? So now you've got this, okay? And so this dirt, and I say to Ruth, this is lovely dirt. It's beautiful. Would you like to eat it? Are you sick? There you go. Right? That's full on. It's a good job I'm secure in who I am. All right? Okay. Now if I say, what about you have a desire to eat this? Nope. Still no? Yeah, good, good. Just be real. Okay. Okay. What if I'm removed now from the situation? I'm not here and she sees this beautiful Tupperware bowl of dirt and not, now she not only... She has a thought, you should eat that dirt. What would you say? Still weird? That's crazy. Crazy. All right. What if we take it a step further and now she has a desire and a feeling and a longing to eat the dirt? And you have that thought in your mind of, wow, I really want to eat the dirt. Right? You can sit down. Give it up for Ruth. <laughs> Because Paul says, he says, do not let it rain in your mortal body. Don't give in to its desires and its passions which have been crucified with Christ. So what if it's now an entity, a noun, you can still do the sin. Does that make sense? You can still verb it because we all know that. The point is, one, why do you want to? The second point is, what if it's not an inside job trying to get out? but it's an outside job trying to get back in because the devil only has a stronghold and authority over that which you give him. So in that case, in that scenario, it's like, wow, I, like, let's, take, let's take lust, right? Or anger. So it's like, wow, I, I want to rage at that person on the road. Well, the Bible says that I'm going to give a spirit of self-control, peace, joy, love, patience, sound mind. Whereas the fruit of the flesh is lust, envy, anger, jealousy, all those things. What if that fruit isn't in here, it's out here, but unless we actually give into it, it'll manifest fruit in, in our lives. But if we give into God and we stay true to who we are, it'll manifest the opposite. 
destroyed. It's true. It's in the Bible. Look it up, right? It's real. And why is this about honor? Because if we don't honor, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as you love yourself, we'll dishonor who we are and we'll actually dishonor people. I'm telling you right now, I've been on that end of the spectrum. And you just go sin hunting. And then, do you know what this will just one foul swoop in like this truth and destroy? It'll destroy so many things. It will not be a case of I need to honor you so you honor me back because you're so rock solid in who you are. It'll be one foul swoop of if, if someone wrongs you or hurts you, it's because they don't know who they are and you just walk in the purity of who you are without trying to worry about, and you start to bring the gold out in them, even when they're wrong. Yeah. And you, you start to be like, wow, my pastor hurt me. But man, he, he obviously just, he, he fully doesn't probably know who he is yet. So I'm just going to love him anyway and honor him anyway, because we just want to see the gold drawn out of him. And I start to honor him and he'll start to honor me in that way. And or the person on my left, rather, they actually gossiped about me. But what a shame. They actually don't know who they are. And so they gossiped about me, but I'm so rock solid in who I am that I don't need to worry about that because I'm in this relationship more than, more, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it just, it just wipes out all that stuff that just creeps into the Christian life that we just don't, doesn't need to be there. And it's, we start to gold dig people rather than dirt dig people. Yeah. Is that? Good. I reckon that's pretty good. Yeah, awesome. You know, and so what this does in terms of honor is... I'm telling you, some of you know my story, some of you don't. The short of it is, I had an abusive stepdad. Mum neglected me. Do you know what? I sent her a text message today. Hey, Mum, I love you. You're awesome. This is a mum I didn't live with for, for eight, nine years. Moved out of home when I was 14. Went to live with another family. I've got an amazing adopted mum. She's awesome. I love her heaps too. And, and, but the relationship, there's no possible way that can be done in my own strength, right? Yeah. That has to be supernatural. I'm telling you right now, it definitely has to be supernatural, right? But, but you start, to, whatever person's wronged you in your life, you start to look at them of how God sees them, not how you see them. That's, That's why prophetic ministry is so valuable and so important because when you prophesy over someone, you're saying, you are a mighty man of valor. You are pure in your heart. Uh, no, Liam, I'm addicted to pornography. No, no, no. That's not how God sees you. God sees you as pure. Because I guarantee you, like Ruth's analogy that we used, if you look at the dirt long enough, you'll give in to it. You will. If you look at the dirt long enough, you'll be like, I, I just got to get rid of the dirt. 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 And eventually you'll just give in to the dirt. There's a statistic that says 97% of people that say they don't want to become like their parents end up becoming like their parents because they're actually still focused on the sin or the, the thing wrong. They're not focused on the author and the perfecter of their faith. They're not taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. They're not submitting to God first, resisting the devil. They're resisting the devil who's their boss or their pastor or whoever, right? And then they're going, well, maybe I'll sometimes submit to God. It's not that way. It's submit to God, resist the devil, then he flees. All right, why don't you stand? Can I get the key, keyboard dude up? <laughs> can I actually get quickly before, uh, can I get my, if any of you guys, any of you three have any words, do you guys want to just come up? If you don't, don't come up. Don't make them up. <laughs> cool. 
just like doing that whenever we go somewhere. Just love giving opportunity for our guys just to, or myself, to give words because it's in a place where we don't, we don't know people and it's just purely Holy Spirit and it's just awesome. Remember someone once said, um, I am vertically challenged. I, wanna, I like looking at you guys. Oh, that's beautiful, man. It's awesome. Here's what honour is not. Honour is not sucking up to people. Honour is you see, maybe you see something on someone's life and you love them way too much to leave them where they are. But don't, don't do it by just sin pounding. Do it by drawing them in who they are. Address the sin. Do that. Sin's a big deal. It's not like we just cover it up, you know. But it's honouring them into who they are and drawing the gold out of them. And someone once said, they said, the reason I love prophetic ministry is because when I, say I prophesy over Ben, right? And say I prophesy, and I even just said it today, you probably didn't even realise, but he's got a real entrepreneurial spirit on his life. And, you know, he's, this is who he is and he just wants to change and grow with the seasons and understand, the, uh, you know, the sons of Issachar understanding the times and not just understanding the times what to do with the times that's the spirit that's on your life man to understand what to do with the times and um and and you've got that on your life just to to navigate that and steward that when when we when you all hear that because you all did you start to look at him like that does that make sense yeah so we're going to do some body ministry is that all right here's what i want you to do People didn't honour Jesus for who he was and their hometown missed out. Your hometown should be, I believe Jesus illustrated something. It's why family can be the hardest to minister to. But if we can minister in our own home well, we'll see cities transformed and people transformed. We'll walk into restaurants and we start to honour the wait. Can I just say, Christians, you all Christians in this room, when you go into a restaurant, tip them. Love on them. Buy something. Don't walk into a restaurant and don't buy something. You're not honouring that place. Ooh. I'm telling you right now, Christians... I remember talking to someone, they said, Sunday's our worst day. We don't get those most sales on a Sunday because we have mostly Christians. That's not okay. I'm serious. We should be the most generous people on the planet. And we'll actually honour people into the kingdom. I guarantee you. We will. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Body ministry. Yeah, hometown. Thanks. Paying attention. Good man. What I want you to do is I want you to find someone in this room. You might not know them. You might know them. And I want you to just to start to prophesy over them and honour them and draw the gold out of who they are. And this is how I want you to do it. This might be really challenging for some of you. It was for me the first time I ever did it. I want you to look them in the eye. 
Don't be doing these ones, oh, Jesus loves you, Ruth, you're amazing, and just, you know, you're just really, I love it, and just love the way you sing, and you're an amazing preacher, and, you know, just, yeah, you're awesome. Yeah, okay, amen. Look him in the eye. Peter and John were on the road to the temple. They said, look at us. We don't have money because we're pastors, but what we do have, we give to you freely in the name of Jesus. And I rebuke that, by the way. I reckon... We should have money too. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But when you look at, I guarantee you, people will start to tremble under the power of God. Um, um, it's going to happen. I promise you. The first time, do you know the first person did this to me was my wife. And I lasted about 30 seconds and I was, I was out. I was done. I was crying, weeping, snotting, laughing. All kinds of things were coming out, right? But it was the honour of who I am that she was drawing out of me and who God's created me to be, right? And so right now you guys are going to do that because this is your home church. I'm going to leave. You guys got to deal with yourself next week, right? But if we can do this, create a culture of honour because honour's caught, it's not necessarily taught. Honour is not standing up and applauding. It is that, but it's more. It's drawing the gold out of people, loving them who they are without stumbling and worrying about who they're not. It's not being sin conscious, God conscious. You're righteous, you're before Him. You'll honour this, you'll honour Him, you'll honour yourself, you'll love people well, guarantee you. All right? Find someone in the room. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.